0: We want to talk right down to that in a language that everybody here can easily understand.
1: Do you remember
0: that? 20- of nah, September. Nate, I can't believe that I asked you, do you know what day it is today? And you go, No, I don't I don't know what day it is. I felt
1: bad. I was like, is it did I I was like it's Is not it your is it your birthday? Like, your is birthday.
0: it, is it an anniversary? Is I it like, I don't know. No, it's the twenty first <laughs> of September, man.
1: I saw something Aww. about that earlier today and I, I definitely
0: Quick shout-out to, to Mario Garcia. I don't know if he's listening. Personal friend of ours loves this song. Big, big and Earth, shout Wind, out Fire Earth Wind, and Fire. shout-out Earth, Wind and Fire as well. But, yeah, Mario. I know Mario loves this song. I figured I'd shout him out a little bit. Yeah, thank you for tuning in here on at 919. I'm Colin Settle, joined by Nate Gray. As always, this is Settling the Score. Here's Sports Talk right now from 6 to 7. We got a good one for you today on the 21st of September. We're going to talk some Cats football. We have Joel Penfield, who... Was from the Short poor Saloon, uh, from Cowboys Drive for Free. He, he used to work there. He's doing some other stuff now, and he covers. Uh, used to cover OSU and Oklahoma State. We're going to talk to him about some uh, Oklahoma State coverage here, since that's who we're playing this week, get some preview there, and then we're going to talk some NFL, uh, you know, a lot of other. It's going to be a very football-heavy episode, so stick around, because we got a lot of good stuff to say. So, Nate, how are you feeling, man?
1: I'm feeling good. Man, Especially after a, the win, yeah. it was a tough Chiefs game Sunday night. But it was a good. It was still a it was good a great weekend game. That still was a good that weekend. was a
0: great game. That Chiefs game.
1: Yeah, it was still a good game
0: from from like just a football a football perspective, standpoint. It was a good game. That was yeah. a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah. it's I, hard for me to
1: say it was a good game just because of how bad the defense was. Yeah. I was like, that was a horrible game. But no, yeah. From like if when I step back and I'm just watching it like subjectively, I'm like, oh, that was a. That was a great game.
0: And we're going to we're going to get into that later. I figure you have some thoughts on Clyde and that whole issue right now as well, but I mean just to just to get into it. I mean, Cats won.
1: They did. Cats won. That's a big win, big. too.
0: It is a huge win over Carson Strong, a projected first-round draft pick out of Nevada, and I think, you know, the defense really showed on Saturday like, "Hey, we're not here to mess around."
1: Yeah, no the defense looked the defense looked really good and I think we we saw the defense perform really well the first two games um and I think it was it's easy now to kind of take that for granted. I think it's easy it was easy on Saturday to kind of think okay the defense is going to dominate cuz they're a great defense and yeah, it's kind of the same as what I was saying about the Chiefs where you just kind of have to like step back and like actually look at it, you know. You really like to step back and like take a look at it. The defense was great. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Nevada's a very good team. Yeah. Um, for, it's like everyone everyone was kind of, you know, it's hard. You don't you don't think that because they're not a Power 5 school, so you don't really take them that seriously, but they're a good they're team. They're a good team. They're so a good I, football team. I'm Well, they are still a really good team. I am curious to see how the defense is going to translate into Big 12 play this weekend. I'm super excited for this Oklahoma State game. I'm I'm so excited. excited.
0: I knew that, you know, I said that Nevada and um, and Oklahoma State were going to be the two big games. I think they're going to be the biggest swing games, and we already got past one of them. So now all we have to do is just go into Stillwater and win a football game, which is not an easy task, and that's Mm -hmm. something that, you know – uh, Coach Kleiman talked about in his. Uh, I guess we're just kind of jumping in. I, I I I do have some clips. Uh, you know, just just before we move on, uh, and this is for this is for Scott McFarlane. I know he was a little mad that I didn't get the the highlights out of uh, of the game on Saturday. So for Scott, since he's going to be a big baby and complain about it on Twitter, here's here's your highlights, Scott, if you're listening. As we get set, as I said, two receivers to the left. Will Howard in the gun. Sends a man in motion It's Malik Knowles He'll take the snap It's a handoff to Vaughn Up the middle Makes him man mess He's gonna get there And it's gonna be a touchdown And the Cats are back in the end zone Baby Deuce Vaughn An 11 yard touchdown run Deuce Vaughn played lights out 127 yards He had a touchdown He's now 5th all time In fastest uh, number of games To reach 1,000 career rushing yards Deuce Vaughn He's is unreal. that man He He's is so that good man. Speaking of guys that are that man, the next highlight goes to a guy from, uh, I can't remember who went to high school. He's from Georgia. Uh, T. Denson Stone
1: Mountain or something? Something like that, That's where a bunch of those guys are from, so I don't know.
0: It's T. Denson, the true sophomore, getting uh, getting an interception on the projected first-round draft pick. Two receivers to the left, two to the right for Strong. In the gun on this long third down, he'll take the snap, looking over the middle, he's pressured, he's going deep, he's got a man, and it will be intercepted, intercepted, the defense picks it off, it's T. Denson, it's T. Denson, the true sophomore from Georgia, yes sir, as they throw up the mob symbol, T. Denson, with his first career interception as a Wildcat. Great work from the production team on Saturday, oh, yeah. getting that music in. Shout-out Jacob. Shout-out Jasmine. All those guys. Very nice. Uh, Shout-out Ian. All those. You know, all those guys that, that put in the work to make us sound good over at the stadium. I, they do a lot of work, and I really appreciate that, myself and, and Cole Carmody included. Uh, you know, next clip is um, this, I think, was probably the play that, that shut it down. This was the play that ended the game. It's a fourth-down stop the biggest play of the game on saturday this was this was i don't want to say it yet because i say it in the clip but this was uh, a certain sharp object that gets impaled into people and i i'll leave it at that but i'll get to that here in a second three receivers to the right one to the left carson strong in the gun strong takes the snap looking right he's gonna fire and complete Ladies and gentlemen, there is your dagger. I love that. I love that saying. I so, thought you were talking dagger. about.
1: I thought you were talking about the fourth down stop a little earlier, no. where they went for it on fourth and one.
0: That was also a huge stop. And
1: big stop. Nate Matlack, Olathe East, the pride Can't of Olathe dig. East, got the tackle. Name
0: Malak and Spencer Trussell came hype. up super big yeah. on that play. It was incredible. And then the last play I have here, and this this one kind of goes on for it's a, it's the longest clip I have. But I think uh, you know in the moment, I think I said some good things here. This is the final <laughs> touchdown of the game. This is Will Howard's touchdown. Uh, here it is. Howard takes a snap. It's a quarterback run. He's cutting it upfield. Ladies and gentlemen, the cats are back in the end zone. Let's go, baby. That is a statement for Will Howard here as the Cats will go up three scores on Nevada, a team where K-State was not favored. They were two-point underdogs coming into this game. But the defense shut down Carson Strong. Will Howard came out and made a statement. Deuce Vaughn played like the All-American Heisman, I'll say it, Heisman athlete that he is. And ladies and gentlemen, your Cats are winning this game. It's over. Hey, Nate, screw you,
1: man. About
0: Will, what? Will Howard play great? Screw like you, I man. Like I said, screw you, man. No, Will Howard one, play great. no
1: one wants him to play better than I do. I'm just saying he stunk. That last game, <laughs> he was good this weekend. I was impressed. I was very happy. I didn't understand why they brought in um Jaron Lewis? Lewis. Yeah. Well,
0: that's something we can get into later as well, but yeah, I I don't I don't agree with that decision to I thought
1: cuz didn't you say they had said he might play some snaps yeah. before? Yeah. I figured by play some snaps they meant maybe bring him in for some wildcat, yeah, like bring no, him he in for some trick. He played two full played drives. Two so drives I was I was half. very confused by that. Cuz you know what they say? I mean, right? You got two quarterbacks. You have no quarterbacks. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was confused by that, but I'm happy that Will Howard's playing well. Same as what I said for the defense, though. Now we need to see how he plays in Big 12 play. I agree. But I, I, agree. I, I,
0: agree. I, and I do think he looks better. Stillwater's going to be a, so. place, a, a very tough place to play. I do have one more clip, but I, I just think it's funny. It was when... Uh, uh, I think his last name it was, like, Diaz or something, the Nevada the Nevada punter. Mm-hmm. He just had an absolute shank, and I just thought this was funny. Julian Diaz back to punt. Philip Brooks to return it. Diaz going left, and he will punt the ball away. It's a wobbler. It's a duck. It is a horrible shank, and K-State will set up in very good position here. It's a duck. It's a duck.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had – I remember that. I think I remember which one that was. Ooh. It was –
0: it was bad cuz it, it was yeah they were moving uh, I believe it was south to north and Diaz shanks it off of uh off of off to the left in case they got it like the 45 yard line. It was it was bad. That was I think that was pretty early on too cuz I know K State had a few stops um pretty early on in the game there especially deep into into Nevada territory. But I mean key takeaways I think the defense looks phenomenal right now. I think they look better than ever. I think Khalid Duke out for the season is Is tough. he for sure out for the He's season? Okay, for sure out for the season. That <laughs> is what came out today in uh, Chris Kleiman's um, presser, uh, which I which I have some more clips that I'm going to play here in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Khalid Duke is out for the season, and that sucks. That, that really sucks. Think. He was going to be the guy, right, yeah. that was supposedly going to be the top guy on this defensive line. And then, you know, what I think – you know, there are some positives out of this. I do think that defensive end is probably the deepest position we have on the team. I think Nate Matlack is a guy that's going to come gonna,
1: in. Is, is he going to – because he was I originally so. the right –
0: It's going to be Nate so Matlack. So they shifted him outside you on the other Jaylen side. You see Jalen Pickle playing end, two a little yeah. bit. Um, I think Timmy Horn going to see the field a lot more uh, than he did last week. I think he was on the sideline for – More than I think he was, but I think Timmy Horn's going to see a lot more playing time in the middle. Jalen Pickles is going to play the outside. Um, And we'll probably see some Nate Matlack, some Mm -hmm. Spencer Trussell. Might even see Cortez Kirk-Jones come in as well. Uh, Fun fact, I had a class with Cortez. He's a great guy. (laughs) I had a class with him about a year ago. So, yeah, Cortez is a great guy. Uh, I think he'll play really well as well. But, yeah, I think uh, this team has a lot of strengths. I think if Will Howard can get into a groove, and if Will Howard wins this this weekend, I think that's going to be the ultimate thing that's going to show me, hey, Will Howard is that guy.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, think kind of like I was mentioning earlier, um, and I kind of alluded to with the defense, um, you want to see how the defense can transition now into Big 12 play, because um, obviously we've seen them really showing up, showing out um, in the non-conference slate. Um, I think now um, the same is going to go for Will Howard um, going into going into Big Twelve play because obviously um, Southern Illinois, uh, Nevada, Stanford, all these schools um, are you know reputable programs, good programs, um, but seeing them actually transition into Big Twelve play is going to be um, is going to be good. So it'll be a good time
0: and coming up. Next, you don't want to go away, Joel Penfield is going to come back and he's going to talk and preview some Oklahoma State football. Stay tuned, he's coming up next.
2: At Tanner's Bar and Grill, you can sit down and watch the game. Which game? Well, with 22 TVs and access to a selection of college sports and NFL programming, you can watch whatever game you want. Located at 1200 Morrow in the Ville, everyone is welcome to grab a bite to eat and enjoy college sports networks like SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and more. Thirsty? Tanners also has 16 beers on tap and a selection of over 40 craft beers and seasonal drinks.
3: Frost the 30, Pringle slips a tackle. Could he go? Byron Pringle with a house call. Thompson wants Pringle.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is settling the score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, joined by Nate Gray, as always, and joining us yet again for the second time. I think you came on uh, earlier this spring. It's Joel Penfield. He used to work over at uh, the Short Poor Saloon podcast, and I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I know you told me that you, uh, you don't necessarily work there anymore, but I, uh, I messed up that name last time, and I wanted to make sure I corrected myself this time. So that, that's all that was. But Joel, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you again for having me on. Yeah, I I don't cover Oklahoma State sports anymore for Cowboys Ride for Free, but still a passionate Oklahoma State fan, still follow the team closely, and I appreciate you having me on the radio again. I, it means a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I I enjoyed having you on last time. I know we had some good uh, baseball conversation. As my mic is starting to fall over, Nate. We've had issues in the studio, technical difficulties with, today with the yeah. mic with the mic falling before, and we're we're fixing through that right now. But Joel, just going into you know, Big 12 play, what can you tell us, just for fans that aren't super familiar with this Oklahoma State team this season, you know, what can these K-State fans um, look forward to seeing out of Oklahoma State this weekend?
3: Well, it's certainly interesting when you, Oklahoma State, they their 3-0 and won three ugly games, to be, to be, to, putting it, to put it lightly, right, and if you look at the fan base and the way that they have reacted to said games, you think oh, almost it was 0 3 and they were terrible. When really, it's just a team that has, they are, it's almost like the Big Ten, like Iowa, where they're a heavy run predicated offense and lock down defense and find a way to, to kind of win ugly games. And that's what we've seen so far. And they're still growing, they're still getting better, uh, but certainly not the high-flying offense with optional defense that we've sometimes seen in the past from the Big 12 teams of, you know, of yesteryear.
0: Yeah, and I was going to get into, you know, some more kind of crowd atmosphere type things because I know that's really one of the big things that sets Oklahoma State apart from a lot of the other teams in the Big 12, and that's something that uh, Chris Kleiman talked about as well in his, his press conference today was having to deal with the the crowd at Oklahoma State. And I have a clip for that. It's about 20 seconds. I'll go on ahead and play that now.
3: A lot of noise, crowd noise, uh, all periods of the day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, to help our offense. You know, like we do when we're at home, we do it on Wednesday and Thursday to help our defense. Just because it's uh, 2020, you didn't have to worry about that stuff. And now you do, and uh, it's obviously an impact. So uh, we'll have crowd noise pumped in uh, all three days.
0: Joel, I wasn't sure if you were able to hear all of that. Uh, it was uh, it was Chris just talking about. They're going to pump in crowd noise during practice all three days this week, leading up to the game. They're going to get them ready for that atmosphere. I mean, how how much of a factor are those those? I don't even know what you call them. The paddles, the the whackers. I mean, that, that all the fans use. Yeah, the paddle people that
3: sit right at the, the front of the student section there on the on the north side of the stadium in that that corner of the horseshoe. Uh, yeah, it, it can definitely get loud, and I think a lot of that is it's not it's not a very big stadium when you look at you know across the the grand scope of college football, but it's about 58 to 60,000 people, and it's packed in tight. And the, that student section, especially right at the bottom, there's not a ton of room between the fans and the field. It's you're, it's right on top of you, so it definitely can play a factor in, uh, you know, for for opposing teams coming in. And I think it, it can have a greater impact this year as it maybe opposed to last year just because there was limited population that was allowed in the stadium. So you're going from stadiums where it was 25 to 50% capacity. You're back now to full. So there's definitely going to be adjustment there for Kansas State, especially for a guy like Will Howard, who as far as I know is going to be the starting quarterback this week. One of the, the first true road games that he has in a hostile
0: environment. Uh, that definitely could play an impact and play in Oklahoma State's favor. And I know that we talked about when you came on last time, you brought up, uh, uh, I don't remember the name of the new baseball facility, but it's its beautiful. It just got renovated, all this new stuff, right? Do you think uh, Boone Pickens Stadium is going to be seeing any re- re- renovations in the future that might affect the, the crowd atmosphere like baseball?
3: Not necessarily, I, I don't think. Um... There's just not a ton of room to move other than up, and I'm not sure, and I'm not gonna try and act like an expert and try and think that, uh, try and put the money together to do something like that. But I think it's a perfect atmosphere for Oklahoma State. It's, you know, it's a, still a big enough stadium you can fit, you know, sixty thousand, get a, a good crowd into Stillwater, uh, a town not unlike Manhattan. I figure, you know, I, I have spent time in both. They're pretty similar. College town atmospheres. I think it's a perfect stadium for Oklahoma State, and it kind of, it just, everything just kind of fits. And they've done so much to to build up the the football program and the facilities. Oklahoma State has done a really good job
0: investing in that uh, with what they've been able to do given the athletic budget Oklahoma State has. And you brought up Will Howard. We had an interesting quarterback matchup last week between Carson Strong, Will Howard, and I think we, honestly, in my opinion, I think we have another one this week between Will Howard and Spencer Sanders. I mean, well, what are your thoughts on the on the quarterback battle happening this week? Certainly going to be interesting. Uh, Oklahoma State
3: was very limited in the passing game last week, not necessarily Spencer's fault. Top three receivers out in Braden Johnson, uh, Tame Martin, and Jaden Bray. As far as we know, Tay Martin and Jaden Bray will be back this week, uh, along with Brennan Presley and Blaine and Bryson Green. A young receiving core outside of Tay Martin, uh, but still a talented one. It'll be curious how Oklahoma State's able to utilize them in the passing game. Like I said, they have been very run-heavy. And Will Howard and uh, Spencer Sanders are similar in that they are probably more – they're more effective with their legs at the moment than they are f- consistently throwing the football, both with enough arm talent to be successful, but these are two offenses more predicated on the run game at this point. So it's going to be a little more of an old-school style matchup in that regard as opposed to you know both teams kind of airing it out and, and seeing where things go in the Big 12. So uh, certainly if you're accustomed to watching Big 12 football from the last five to ten years, definitely going to be an interesting matchup.
0: Joel Penfield, Oklahoma State. Fan, yeah. enthusiast, analyst—I don't even—I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know game. at this point exactly, yeah. right? You do it all, uh, talking with us here. And the other matchup, just talking offensively here, uh, that I think is going to be interesting is LD Brown coming in against Deuce Vaughn. Who, if you had to make a prediction, not to throw anything out there, you know, who do you think is going to perform better? Looking at how these running backs are playing recently, and then the defenses for both of these teams as well. So, interestingly
3: enough, I think LD, uh, I think he got hurt early on in that Boise State game. So, right now, the starting running back is going to be Jalen Warren, Utah State transfer. Uh, Ran for 220 yards and a couple touchdowns against Boise State on Saturday. So, it'll be Jalen Warren versus Deuce Vaughn. And I will say, I think Deuce Vaughn's incredibly talented. and he's one of my favorite players to watch in the Big 12 outside of Oklahoma State. I love it. The the Darren Sproles comparison is obviously very easy to make, but he has that type of skill set. Certainly going to be interesting uh, for Oklahoma State. They have played the run really well this year. Jim Knowles' defense is very aggressive, and you have guys like Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper who are great in the run game. Uh, They're on the front seven; they they don't miss tackles very often. Uh, I'm not. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a ton of K-State football, so I'm not sure how they played the run this year, but certainly Jalen Warren's on a heater right now. He's been Oklahoma State's most consistent back all year. So those two, those two are going to be the the fun ones to watch. Seven and twenty-two this week.
0: And that's something you know that my co-host Nate and I have brought up here in the past. I mean, where do you think uh, so? Where, how do you, I'm just curious. How do you rank the Big Twelve running backs right now? Because I think it's a more running back talent heavy than it is quarterback this season. How are, how are you ranking, you know, Bijan Robinson if we had a healthy LD Brown, if we had, we have Letty Brown over in West Virginia. I mean, Deuce Vaughn, how, how are you Brees, ranking the running
1: backs? Uh, Brees Hall. Right? Brees Hall as yeah. well, yeah.
0: yeah. Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson. Um, the dude down at Baylor
3: whose name escapes me has had a really great start to his year as well. Uh, definitely. We're we're so used to it being a very quarterback centric league, and there's still certainly some very talented quarterbacks in this league. Spencer Rattler, Brock Purdy, uh, Casey Thompson really has a chance to showcase things this year. Uh, Seth Dagey being a you know kind of the stalwart there for for West Virginia for uh, the last few years, but the running back position is very deep and very talented in the Big Twelve this year.
0: I believe it's Quaylen Jones, I believe is his name down in uh... Quaylude? Did you say no, Quaylude? I didn't say Quaalude. I uh Quaylen Jones, okay. I believe is his name, the running back, the the sophomore down there in Baylor. Um but yeah, I think I would agree. I think we're seeing a lot more running back heavy, you know, offenses, which is something like you said, we haven't seen it's very quarterback eccentric in the past. And I think I think you're right. I think we're seeing a lot more running back talent over the last few years. And then now looking at the defense case, I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of, that's the thing. It's like, we haven't watched a lot of each other's films. So I'm not entirely sure what Oklahoma state's doing. K state is running this three, three, five set, which is something I don't think they've ever done before. You have transfers like Timmy Horn coming in a big, uh UN Charlotte transfer that came in that's playing defensive tackle the linebackers are playing well Daniel Green and then we have so many transfers in the secondary I can't even name them all but I mean how do you think uh you know in watching this Oklahoma State team so far how do you think they're going to be able to throw the ball and then run the ball as well because I know K-State has a lot of big lengthy defensive backs Yeah, Oklahoma
3: State has had trouble throwing the ball, and I think a lot of it is just kind of figuring out the the play-calling aspect. And Casey Dunn's, I consider this his first full year. He was the wide receivers coach for many years, was the offensive coordinator last year, but didn't get spring ball and didn't get really a good fall camp due to COVID to really kind of get his legs underneath him as a play-caller. This year really starting to kind of try and come into his own a little bit. Uh, But I think it's going to be a lot of – what they need to do is to get Spencer Sanders going is heavy RPO run pass option and high percentage throws just to get him moving. And when that offense kind of, they just kind of dink and dunk and nickel and dime and then take their shots. They certainly have enough athleticism at the wide receiver position to make plays happen down the field. Uh, throwing the ball. I'm just not sure how consistent it's going to be. The The offensive play calling needs to be really creative this week. They really need to kind of hone in on that true offensive identity, which I don't think they've been able to find yet, which has been a huge reason why they've struggled with consistency so far on offense in the first three weeks.
0: And then as I'm looking at the Oklahoma State defense right now, I think it's all but one player in the depth chart that I'm looking right now are either seniors or like a gra- a graduate transfer, I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe Colby Harvey Peel, was he a, a preseason Big 12 selection at safety? He, Yes, he. I believe he was first-team All-Big 12 last year,
3: first-team All-Big 12 the year before. Uh, certainly one of the, the best defensive players on this team, along with uh, Malcolm Rodriguez,
0: number 20 there in the middle playing linebacker. And then the other guy that I want to talk about in this secondary is Trey Sterling as well. I feel like a guy that's kind of flown under the radar. You look at all of these great defensive backs and all these safeties, cornerbacks in the Big 12. I mean, what can you say about Trey Sterling, somebody who I think is a little underrated in my mind?
3: Oh, yeah. He he definitely is one of the most underappreciated and kind of disrespected players in the Big 12. My favorite comparison for him, and it's a – it's a comp, and comps are what they are, but he plays kind of like a Tyron Matthew for Oklahoma State. He can play robber in the middle. He can come in in the run game and play almost like a linebacker, and edge. He can play center field, do all of these great things. Unfortunately, uh, we found out prior to the Boise State game, uh, an undisclosed injury, and he is out for the rest of the season. Big loss for Oklahoma State. Uh, however, number 25, Jason Taylor II, the, uh, the guys who, who I'm sure you guys will probably remember from last year, Caught that weird fumble from Will Howard and returned it for a touchdown that ultimately was the difference in the Oklahoma State-K-State game last year in Manhattan. He stepped in, made a big play last week. He blocked the potential Boise State game-winning field goal uh, last week in Boise. So that dude knows nothing but making big plays and has
0: certainly filled uh, Trey Sterling's shoes to the best of his ability. My co-host Nate is not happy that you brought up the Will Howard intercept. Nate, do you have anything to say to Joel about that?
1: I mean, I I know you had to bring it up, but that was probably one of the lowest points of football season last year for me. So I that was just, that was that was just hard to hear. It was hard to hear.
2: <laughs> well, to, to be fair, so well, and here's what's crazy is I'm watching at home
3: and I knew I was like, okay, it's third and four. They're gonna run that stupid delay quarterback run that has haunted my dreams for the better part of the last decade. <laughs> and I knew it was gonna be a first down. And that ball popped out, and I didn't even react. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna score. Like, it just it, it was such a weird play that i couldn't even i didn't even like get out of my seat get excited i was just
0: like what just happened <laughs> i i also don't believe uh i played i i don't i don't know if you heard it i don't think you did uh i played a bunch of byron pringle clips from i believe that was 2017 right when that, that game that game haunts my dreams too. <laughs> it was uh i played a bunch of clips from that one. i thought that that would be funny um you know, I don't think K-State has won in Stillwater since that game, right? 2017, so, right? I believe so. I believe that was the yeah. year when when Byron had, a, had his four-touchdown game. But, I mean, is that something that you think is going to continue? And I'm kind of just moving into, you know, your prediction for the game here. Do you think K-State is going to be able to come out of Stillwater with a win? It certainly is
3: going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be a tightly contested, kind of sweaty game that the last – you know, it feels like the last five to six years, they K State and Oklahoma State play each other very close. Maybe 2019 was an exception, uh, but even then, that game was a little, I think a little closer than the score indicated. It's going to be probably kind of like last year, somewhere in that 23 to 17, something like that. Kind of an ugly game, just because I don't know if all, both offenses have found their footing quite yet. So I, I think Oklahoma State. I think the the home field advantage is going to be the difference here. Full crowd. Has Will Howard played, like, a true
0: road game yet as the starter with, like, a full crowd yet? Uh, he played some last year due to COVID, but – I no, believe his first freshman. his first full, like, away game was, like, Baylor, I think is or what like... that was. But that, that wasn't, like – that wasn't, like, a full – Because
1: he was a freshman last yeah, year. Yeah, he was a true yeah. freshman
0: last year, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I, I do think
3: ultimately the Oklahoma State defense is going to probably be able to take advantage of that, just having full – Full Boone and Stadium. It's a night game in Stillwater.
2: Uh, things can get kind of weird in night games in Stillwater. Uh, but ultimately, <laughs> I think Oklahoma State's
3: experience and the the opportunistic defense with which, which they play, and the aggressive defense with which they play, ultimately gets one ex, one more stop than K State. I'll take Oklahoma State twenty three to seventeen.
0: I respect it, and I think I think that's probably, probably whoa probably what we're going to see. I I would agree. I think both offenses. Still, I think K State's kind of found their groove if they can run the ball. And if they get some momentum, I think that's when they start to take over. But if K State can't run the ball, I think it's going to be a long day for K State. But I would agree. I think, and granted, I don't know where it sits right now. I'll pull it up. But last I checked, K State was like nine point underdogs it's or six. something like We're that. It's six, it six now. I thought that was outrageous. Yeah. And I'm an Oklahoma State, fan and I'm like, that, that line is way too high. Yeah, and you go into this game ranked twenty-five at this point is what K-State is, and what what do they usually State's what do they usually give for a home field? Is it like two three. and a half, or is three, it three is usually for home the home field? Yeah, so it's usually a, usually two and a half to three. Yeah, yeah, and now you're giving, five well, yeah, to like I six extra. I think points. Oklahoma State's
1: pretty because is Oklahoma State in the others receiving votes? Are they in that kind of clump? The, is
0: Oklahoma State yeah, receiving votes? I think so. Okay, I believe
1: so. Yes, because K-State's like, uh, like I, I'm. You're doing the little air the quotations air quotes, here. Yeah. Like, yes, they're the rank team of the two, but I think this is a pretty, like, even match. I think this is, I think, like, the line should be pretty close to three, in my opinion, of the just, it's going to be come down to home field advantage or, 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 pre, or close, close to that. So, yes. yeah. And something to keep in mind for you guys, I went back and look, as I, I remember from the game
3: last year thinking Oklahoma State was one of the few teams that took Deuce Vaughn away from you know from making a huge impact I went back and looked he had 17 carries for 40 yards and one catch for five yards so Oklahoma State had the book on him last year if they're able to do the same thing this year then I think Oklahoma State's maybe even able to win a little more convincingly but Oklahoma State's offensive inconsistency gives me still a little bit of pause about wanting to go anything more than you know a touchdown maybe a little
0: less I would agree. I think if you can shut down Deuce Vaughn, that's going to be the factor there, especially with Will Howard on the road in probably what might be the toughest environment in all of the Big 12 right now. I think I think Will Howard is going to be in for a contest here and if Deuce Vaughn can't get something going, I think that's going to be that's going to be the deciding factor. Joel Penfield, Joel, do you have before I let you go? I know you're a busy guy. Are there any shout-outs, any final thoughts that you want to get out here before I let you go? Uh, for any Royals fans out there, uh, you
3: can follow me at JT Penfield. I tweet a lot about the Royals. Um, if you're a fan of what possibly the future of the Royals looks like with Bobby Witt Jr. and the likes coming up here soon, follow Royals Farm Report at Royals Farm. Get us to 12,000 followers. We're getting pretty close there on Twitter. And I tweet about the Chiefs a lot too, so it's not just Oklahoma State.
0: I'm a Kansas City guy at heart, so that's that's where uh, that's where a lot of my tweets come from too. It's right up Nate's alley. I saw I saw him nodding along, smile at Nate. Is I like fully the Farm in.
1: Report. I, I, I'm I don't <laughs> use Twitter, but if I did, I definitely follow the Farm Report. That I like that. <laughs>
0: Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, Joel, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, thanks again for having me, guys. Let's do it again during basketball season. Dude, yeah. For, well, here's the deal. I graduate in December, so I I might not be here. Nate might be here. Who knows? At this point, we'll find somebody who will who will definitely get you on the air. Oh yeah! Before we go, Cade Cunningham was he was he that dude? Do you think? Oh, he, oh yeah, he was that dude. He was that dude. Yeah, I mean, he, worth he worth the pick? Dude. Worth the pick? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, if it only it wasn't the Pistons. I mean, I really
1: wanted to stay in <laughs> Oklahoma City, but that stupid lottery. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been cool if he stayed in Oklahoma City. That oh, would have been, been real sick. cool.
0: Oh yeah, the hometown kid. Oh, that would have been awesome. He could have promoted especially with all the the NIL stuff coming out now, he could have made bank with that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he he was a ton of fun to watch. One of my favorite uh, Oklahoma State basketball players of all time. It was it was a special year for sure. Joel Penfield ladies and gentlemen, Joel, thanks for coming on the show again. We'll we'll definitely have to have you on once once more. Appreciate it, y'all. Thank you very much. That was Joel Penfield as I said and coming up next I redid one of our uh, one of our little liners here and I didn't tell Nate which one it's not just my favorite segment it's not his favorite segment not the not anyone's but the world's favorite segment Big Boy of the Week returns revamped next <laughs>
2: Just because Tanner's Bar and Grill has been around since the 80s doesn't mean their menu is outdated. They are serving up new weekday food and drink specials with dishes like buffalo mac and cheese, steak tips, boogas, and chicken sandwiches. Don't have time to stop by their location at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville? Tanner's now offers takeout through their website, tannersbarandgrill.com, and delivery through DoorDash. Big Boy of the Week.
3: My goodness. Nate, I'm shaking. Who
0: was shaking. that? Who's that voice was is that? Ed Weigel, who was the voice of like WWE Radio. He's done like commercials, movie stuff. Like anytime you hear like it's that type of stuff on like the the Disney, um, like the Disney DVD commercials, where he's like. What's the what's the line? He's like, where dreams become reality. Or like, well, he's that guy, right? It was, wow. Ooh, ooh, dude, I have oh, I get jitters just from that's sweet. Just from, you know what? You know what? We have time. Should I just should I just do it again? Should I just play it again? So we got time. why not? We got time. I want to hear. Here, here. Now. Hold on. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut it. Okay. Everybody, everybody, just close your eyes real quick. and this, I would never do this, but this is the first time we're ever playing it because. Oh, I'm just getting the chair. Everybody just close your eyes, all right? Not if you're driving. If you're driving and listening, keep your eyes open. But if you're not driving, just close your eyes and, and take this in, all right? Deep breath.
2: Big boy of the week. (laughs)
1: <laughs> dude, I get it. That's unreal. Oh, you get it. That is really unreal. Oh, it's
0: insane. I love everything about it. Oh my gosh. Jeez. I also love everyone listening here on Wildcat 91.9. I'm Colin Settle. joined my Nate Gray. This is settling the score, dude. That's got me fired up now. I am. Oh, baby, that. Oh, I. Don't, uh, I got the jitters, man. That sounds so good. <laughs> Cause like I have it I have I did it in the studio, and I was like listening to it there. Haven't heard it with the headphones. On yet, dude. That just shook my bones. That's unreal. That's so <laughs> oh cool. man, Ed Weigel. How about that? But yeah, moving, moving on to this week's this week's big boy of the week, and it's not. Uh, it's not like a touchdown, and it's not like the most impressive play you've ever seen. But it's just something that kind of made. It's one of those where like the call definitely helps. The play-by-play and the color definitely make this play better. But this week's big boy of the week as I pull it up here in my notes I had to write his name down. Siali Suliafu. He is a listed as a 6 foot 295 pounds defensive tackle out of Missouri State. He got an opportunity like Dan Connolly did for the for the Patriots to return a kick and he didn't get as far as Dan Connolly did but He absolutely demolished people on this return, and you know what? I'm just going to let the clip speak for itself.
2: Fielded at the 33-yard line, and it is going to be Siali Suliafu. Look at him! (laughs)
0: the entire central arkansas special teams wrapped him up
3: and big man batted him around like they were flies watch this again throw one guy this is like watching wwe with my kid (laughs) <laughs> just pushing and shove it his way around. What a what a perfect
0: way to what a perfect way to say it too. Now that we have Ed Weigel doing the it kind of everything everything comes full circle, right? Ed Weigel worked for the WWE and now you know we're doing it. Yeah, everything comes full circle, but yeah. Uh, Siali Suliafu, who is just a, a beast of a man. He is a manimal. It's like you see like Derek Henry, like when he stiff armed Josh. Uh, Josh Norman and when he's stiff-armed to Earl Thomas and it's like when he just obliterates them into into non-existence imagine that but like three but or a, four times in a, a like row and a
1: 400 pounder like a, a, four, a, a, like a 300 pound
0: man just
1: did you see uh, the, Najee uh, uh, oh my, the Najee Harris one this oh weekend
0: the Najee Harris one was disgusting goodness.
1: he threw him yeah, like he, he yeah. pushes him down and I think it was Josh Abram yeah. his feet like come up Left in the air around. as he's like throwing him down I'm like Oh my
0: goodness! Siali Suliafu is this remember week's the name. Remember the name. He's he's insane. Bound. He looks like Maui from yeah. Moana. Yep. He's got like that yep. long, the long curly hair, and he's just this big, built dude. Absolutely insane. I loved everything about it. I saw it on TV, and I immediately went, "Yeah, that's the guy." I didn't I didn't need anything else. I I didn't look at any of the clips. Didn't see anything else. It was uh, Siali Suliafu. This week's big boy of the week, and not only not only are we going to get into that, let's get into some NFL stuff because we have not talked uh, we've not talked to NFL in a while, Nate. And you know, you brought up uh, the Chiefs. Let's talk about Clyde edwards alaire because I know that's kind of a hot topic with the team right now. What is his usage? How many carries is he going to get? You know what? what is he doing on this team right now with all of this you know firepower in the receiving game?
1: So I don't I I'm I love the chiefs I'm a I'm a big chiefs fan but the Chiefs the, the way the chiefs play football like it's exciting and'm I'm, I'm okay with it because it wins games but I think I really prefer the kind of football that like Cleveland plays just the ground and pound. You know, you got to respect the run game and the passing game. Maybe not as strong of a passing game in, in Cleveland, obviously, but um, just the ability to almost run the ball at will—that we also saw in Baltimore on Sunday night, where the Chiefs' defense could not stop a running nose. So I don't, I don't know what his use, what his his role is on this team right now. Um, everyone's getting all pissy about the fumble. I mean. That kind of stuff happens. He didn't secure the ball. He was holding it with one hand, uh, going through the line of scrimmage, which he can't do. But he je- like he hasn't had like a big fumble problem, so it's not like I'm not going to be like you know yeah it was a very poor timing. But um, it's not when I, the the game is not on him because you you get down to it, and that they scored 35 points and lost, so the game's not on. On him for fumbling. Frankly, they shouldn't have been in a position where they needed to salt the clock away and kick a field goal to win it. They should have not given up an eight-minute drive in the fourth quarter. That's really what did it. They should have done a lot of things right on the defensive side of the ball. Not even had to been been in a situation where the offense had to be perfect. So, I don't. That was kind of a rant. Not even really answering the question because I don't know what his use is. I would prefer they run the ball a lot more with him because I think. He's been pretty – like, he had some plays where he's he's hasn't been consistent running the ball when he does get those touches. But at the same time, they're only giving him, like, 10, 15 carries a game. And, well, that's a good amount. With a team like the Chiefs, where teams come out and their whole game plan is stopping Patrick Mahomes – you can you could abuse people with your oh, yeah. run game if you can just get the run game moving. And the offensive line looks way better than it did last year. It's not some like world class offensive line, but it's a much it's a, better it's than a, Much better than it was last year. So I think I don't know. I I don't know what his role is. I would really like them to run the ball with him more. I, I think. I mean, you make a five hundred million dollar investment, and you're going to use your five hundred million dollar investment. So. Um, can't blame them, but I would really like them to run the ball more, and I think, um, obviously he would benefit from that. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what his role is because yeah, you're right. They're not. They're not. The run game is really not existent right now.
0: Can we talk about the Ravens going for it on fourth down? I would. What, have. what a call! Yeah. What an absence. And here's the thing: when I saw them run out there in that formation, I, I was immediately like QB power left it's it's a it's, it's gonna a, it's be some left.
1: kind of and LeBron that's exactly what it was yeah it,
0: it was it was a power left mm-hmm. you have your right guard pull you have the fullback hit the hole or they all wipe out they all crash out whatever you want to say they they get rid of those end guys right open up the hole and Lamar was just able to to fit into the hole and honestly that was some of the best execution I think I've seen All and granted we're two weeks in but like that play specifically from like the football that I've been able to watch might have been some of the best executed like football I've seen all season so far and I, I just think that's really cool
1: and I will say as frustrating as it was watching the game and the Chiefs just inability to stop Baltimore's defense Baltimore also has a run game that is really fun to watch because the blocking is so complex. Like, the offensive line is moving yeah. so and there's so many different blocking schemes they use. So it's entertaining to watch. So I I'll guess that's the one thing I give to their credit is they run a very complex blocking scheme, yeah. but they still just – it was just ridiculous. It was like they couldn't get a stop if their life depended yeah. on it. And, I don't know, it, it made me feel like I was in high school watching the Bob Sutton coach defense again. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hope they figure it out. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna go on ahead and play the music, Nate. I, I didn't know how I wanted to phrase this this question. Uh, let's do some Factor Fiction. That's what we're gonna get into here. And this is this is the theme the theme song to Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, with uh, Jonathan Frakes, who was on Star Trek, and I don't know what else. I think I just know from Star Trek and this, but like, yeah, this is whatever theme music from that. But yeah, Factor Fiction. Right now, Nate, Baltimore wins more than 12 games this season. Wait, no, there's 17 weeks. Give me 13. Do they win more than 13 games? The Baltimore Ravens.
1: That is fiction. Why? I will not. I, I just don't... Is it the division? It's a tough division, and I... I just don't... I just don't see... I think it's going to work against the Chiefs. I just don't think the Chiefs' defense is very good. Um, And I think, yeah, they have a good – The Baltimore has a good defense, but I don't think that style of offense that they run, I don't think that's going to – because the Chiefs – I mean, you saw Lamar, when he throws the ball, he's awful. I mean, he he threw two picks in the first quarter, and they just ran the ball the rest of the game, and they still beat us because they could. There's going to be teams where they that can stop that run. Pittsburgh has a great defense. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh oh, yeah. is going to be able to bottle Pittsburgh him up, has a top make five, him throw the ball not top three Make him league. throw the ball, and I don't know how he's going to respond. Like there's, they're going to play other teams that are going to stop sure. Lamar from running. They're at least going to be able to slow the run game down to where Lamar has to throw more, which I, whew, he's bad. So then he's the question
0: then becomes, who comes out of? The North, then with with Big Ben back, you have that's a fun division, and that's a fun division. You have Big Ben coming back, you have Nick Chubb, and that whole offense. Granted, I think uh, uh, Jarvis Landry like got hurt, he got hurt, yeah. And uh, who knows when OBJ is coming back. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna do. I think they're gonna become one dimensional with all of these injuries, granted. You know Baker Mayfield, say what you will about him. I think he made a lot of progression last season. I think he started to finally become that draft pick that Cleveland was wanting him to be. But without the receiving core, I just don't know if he'll be able to get it done. I think they're going to become really one-dimensional with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt.
1: I agree. At the same time, those are two great running backs, and that's a Phenomenal offensive line on a well-coached team. I'm not overly concerned if they're super one-dimensional, and because I think that one dimension's a pretty good dimension. And it's a good point. They like they have other good like Hooper, um, Austin Hooper, Hooper's Donovan good. People's Jones, Najoku still there. Uh, David Njoku. Um, no, did
0: he get traded to New England?
1: No, he's still. No, he's that's still Johnny right. Smith. Is oh, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Smith got traded. Um,
0: from Tennessee
1: yeah. yeah no I think I think the Browns are gonna be fine I honestly don't know my 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 gut wants to say Pittsburgh because that defense is so good but Pittsburgh's offense it's, is they don't really their offense doesn't really have any identity they can't click and they have a bad offensive line and I'm a big offensive line You oh, win yeah. the ball with oh, off yeah. you win games with offensive line I think the Browns are going to win the division, and thats I think that's my heart. I'm picking with my heart because um, my gut tells me Pittsburgh. Honestly, my head and my heart tell me Cleveland. So I'm going with Cleveland. Go I'm
0: going to take Baltimore. I think the Ravens' defense has potential to be one of the top. I think between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, I do think Pittsburgh wins the defensive category there. Yeah. But I just think... This Ravens offense is just too much, good. I think, right now. I think they have a pretty good offensive line. I The only thing that's a little questionable is running back. I think if you had Gus Edwards, I think if you had, you know, I don't even remember who. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, and then the other guy who got hurt, whose name I don't even remember at this point. But now you have Tyson Williams. You have, uh, who's the veteran they had? Do they have Latavius Murray or is that a they have, team?
1: They have Murray. They have Murray, and they then they signed,
0: they signed somebody to the but, practice squad, and I can't remember it? who it was.
1: Devonta Freeman is he on there? No, I thought no. He was on somewhere else. He's
0: uh, he's bad. Devonta Freeman's bounced around a little bit. They had Hold Le'Veon on. Bell, but it. it was Le'Veon but Bell. Bell That's is not. About. I don't. He's know. on the
1: practice squad. Yeah, <laughs> man. What a
0: what, what an a, unfortunate. What a career he's yeah. had, man. Same with Todd Sheesh. Gurley. You look at running backs who like had these. That's awesome...
1: what Todd Gurley. I don't. I f- it's I one of m- the biggest mysteries I have I think feel I've more bad seen. for Todd. I don't yeah. feel bad at all for Levy on the oh, way he handled the-, handled the Pittsburgh thing. I'm like, yeah, good riddance. No. Like, get him out. Sorry, man. But
0: Todd Gurley, whoa.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't get – that's the thing with running backs, man. The shelf life on running backs yeah. is just so yeah. short because they just take such a beating. Running back is easily, I'd say, the most replaceable position yeah. in the offensive scheme, at least maybe in all of football. So
0: Something that's not replaceable, though it's something that that we're running out of time with and Nate do you have something you'd like to
1: i do i was about to i was about to I know, make we're, that we're i i thought i was going to have to just throw it in there to at just the throw end. it in but, No, but, we we got some time ladies okay. and gentlemen i don't what is your record right I'm three now 3 and 1 i don't He's want a three 2 and game one. 2 game winning streak now ladies and gentlemen nate's lock of the week do you seem to understand
3: i'm not locked in here with you <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're locked in here with me
1: Well, like I mentioned, won the second game in a row last week. Don't know what anyone in Vegas was thinking giving Baylor 17 points on KU. They should have given him 30. Yeah. At least. Give him 17. That was the easiest pick I've made, maybe <laughs> in my life. And frankly, Duke and on KU is only 16 point favorites. So oh, no. I, I my heart kinda wants to take that, but I'm not going to because the last the first 3 weeks of the season I just I couldn't help myself and I kept picking underdogs to cover and I'm doing it again this week and I don't know if this is a good pick but this is a fun pick um I don't know if you've been watching but Ohio State might stink. They might be oh, yeah. frauds. Oh yeah, I know. I think they actually are frauds and this weekend the zips of Akron are coming to town and they're 49 point dogs, but I like that so I'm taking Akron plus 49 <laughs> they're gonna lose they're gonna lose they're not gonna win yeah
3: but it's, but not it's gonna, gonna be, be my less 49. than fifty
1: it's yeah. gonna be less than that 49 oh, yeah. so I don't know if if Alabama so Alabama I was this is kind of a maybe throw it in there it's not my official pick my yes. official pick is Akron plus 49 um I really like southern miss against alabama 45 points but i'm not picking it because i don't know if you know this nick saban has never in his coaching career covered a 50 point spread
0: i did not know that. so it's 45 that. so
1: i'm like no i'm not picking that if it was five points more southern miss easy because he's never done it ever that's yeah Ooh that's the one wait, wait, thing did you, man. did
0: you do your research on that or did I you heard about this a like few years Instagram. ago because a
1: few years ago when they played one of those like late season like SEC cupcake games yeah. against like Samford or like yeah. something like that it was like hey they're 55 and a half favorites Nick Saban has never covered a 55 and a half and wouldn't you know if they won by like 42 or like 45 or something so he's still never done it but that's a very um, good I'm not point. picking it because I this, I mean, they could they could easily win by 60 because Alabama's they are not bad. They're sharp. But, um, yeah, Akron plus 49. The Golden Hurricane almost pulled it out this weekend. I was pulling hard <laughs> for them. They didn't quite pull it out, but that's all right.
0: I think uh, – I don't know how much we're going to cover going forward, but, like, when we get into the NFL talk, it seems like we're just hitting, like, one division every week. And that might just have to be how it is because, well, what did we talk about last week? It was, like, the East – the NFC East? I don't remember. Uh, Did we talk about the West? I don't even remember. I think we talked about the we West. only talked about like one division, and I thought it was really weird. And before the show I was like, we're not gonna do that tonight. And then what do we do? We talked about the AFC North. And it's like
1: The NFL might just be the <laughs> easiest sport to just talk about oh, I for. I think so. Ever. I think so. Because it's just so there's so many storylines. Oh yeah. Like we there's so like Tua getting hurt. There's so many different things that happen this weekend. Did you see that touch hit, though? DJ
0: Epinezah. I did know. He demolished Tua. Ooh. Just came it was one of those where where you know you're 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 an offensive defensive line guy. It's where uh, as you're, as a D end you come off the edge and he goes to get his hands on you just swipe it. AJ Epineza
1: and he got might a clean... have
0: might have the fastest hands. I and mean, he just him. got a clean hit on him. Just yeah. Demolished Tua. Yeah, From they... the blind side. That's the thing is Tua's is left-handed. And AJ Epineza came off that right side of the offensive line demolished Tua. It's it's like bad to watch. Not like that. That uh, who is the the player that broke his leg? Was that the Dallas Alex dude? Smith? No. Who who was that? A Giants player this was, weekend? Yeah. Oh. There was some like offensive lineman who like broke his leg. I think it was like a Giants player or something. Like, I know Raiders what you're talking player, about, maybe. but I can't. Like remember. it wasn't like that bad, but it's like the hit was like, whoa, yeah. You just ended that man's whole life, and it was. Go look at it if you haven't seen it. Like, it's it's not bad. It's not like, gruesome. it's just like, those are the hits that need to come back into football. You see all these taunting calls. You see Ridiculous. all the targeting calls. Get them out of here. No Man, fun league. Nobody so, wants that. Come so on. so good to have football back, though. So good to have football back. It's also awesome. It's so good having everybody listen here on Wildcat 91.9. Nine. New music now. I'm Colin Settle. That's Nate Gray. You've been listening to Settling the Score. You can follow me on Twitter at Colin Settle. You can follow the show at Score Settling. Follow Joel Penfield at JT Penfield. He is just an awesome guy to talk to. I really hope I get to talk to him again before I'm officially done here on the station. But thank you once again for listening. Go Cats this weekend against OSU. Let's get that dub.